Thanks for listening. Appreciate you being here. Follow me over on Spotify. That's where the new podcast is. That's where you can find me. That's where we can connect and you'll see all new future episodes. The link is below or you can just jump over to Spotify and search Grow With Kobe. And now let's get rolling with the next episode. Why do I get set off when I'm in traffic? Why do I get set off when it's time to put kids down at the end of the night? Welcome to Grow With Kobe. Listen, this is a podcast that can help us navigate in a more skilled way the life that's in front of us as parents, partners, individuals, professionals, whatever applies to you. And if we can understand the skills that will help us to create as little collateral damage as possible, if we can focus on the things that will get us to the place where we want to go, if we have mindfulness of the skills, we can seriously understand who we are, which means we can better connect with the people who are around us. So come with me. This is going to be raw. It will be unfiltered. It will be vulnerable. We'll talk about successes. We'll talk about miserable failures. But most importantly, you're going to get authenticity from me and from all my guests. So come on, come with me. Let's all go together. Okay, that's exactly what we're going to touch today is why do I have the same emotional and typically heavy and intense response around really specific things? And this is a uh, this is a really important episode for me because it has helped me understand emotionally where I am vulnerable to behavior that that sets me off, where all of a sudden I lose my mind and I get upset. And it's for a number of reasons. Now, upset is relative, right? But when I have a strong emotional response, why do I have it? And is there anything I can learn from it? That's what this episode's about. Episode number three is about understanding my emotions that set me off. And these are called emotional triggers. Now, this is going to be different for everybody. But what I have learned is I have a very specific set of emotions that always have a lot of energy attached to them. And what I've realized is that these emotions are the following for me. If I am fatigued, like if I don't get uh, sufficient sleep at night, I know the next day I'm at a uh, big risk, not risk, but I'm susceptible to that afternoon wall that you hit where your mind all of a sudden gets really, really groggy. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Yours, my, <laughs> my mind gets really groggy. It feels like I've got oatmeal in between my ears. It's hard for me to focus. It's hard for me to concentrate. And I've got this small window that, um, that I have to plow through in order to uh, in order to get there but oftentimes that's the afternoon right but where it really shows up is later that night when it's time to put littles to bed when it's time to uh, make dinner when it's time to wrap up the day I just have nothing left in the tank so fatigue is a really really big emotional trigger for me that I have to be just be mindful of because fatigue will show up at very specific times then another one of mine is is simply stress of any kind. That could be from work, that could be from juggling children, that could be from any part of life where there's a lot of stress and high emotion surrounding any 
particular scenario. But in times past, I was horrible. <laughs> I promise. I was horrible at understanding uh, how stress affected me. In truth, I was more like the guy who put his head in the sand firmly <laughs> in the sand, buried completely. And I just thought, man, I'm not, I'm not susceptible to stress. Like things don't bother me. I'm good. I can roll with whatever. But in truth, what really was happening was I was in denial and I had my head in the sand <laughs> and I didn't want to face what was really challenging, what was really tough. So stress became this thing that revealed a deficiency in my ability to be uncomfortable and to consciously walk through discomfort no matter what it is. And that discomfort showed up in stress, again, in all kinds of scenarios. But stress is a huge one for me. Another one is discord with my girls. If if I am <laughs> trying to get whatever, if I'm trying to like say, hey, um, Lucy, come sit over here at the island. Don't sit and eat on the recliner. <laughs> That's one of those things that's like, oh, we're going to have a clash on because sometimes kids just don't want to obey those rules. So the kind of discord that can follow something like that, potentially for me, is really, really challenging. And it carries lots of emotions. The discord is something that I really have to be mindful of. And in that, another layer down from discord is going to be codependency, meaning the interactions I have with my girls or with someone else, whether it be work, whether it be, you know, um, neighbor, family related, whatever the case is. If I allow someone else's emotions to, to influence how I feel, that is codependency for me, where I'm depending on someone else to help determine, not consciously, I don't do this consciously, deter, I, I, I take on someone else's emotions and allow that their emotions to rule the moment for me. And that's something that I've realized <laughs> that's tough. That's been tough, tough for me. So if we have all these things, the, all these emotional triggers, and some of them could be, there's some really good acronyms of hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, those are real human emotions that everybody experiences in one way, in one capacity or another. And you know what? Hunger for some people is just not going to be um, a thing that will be an emotional trigger to behavior that's unwanted. So for example, um, Lucy, she's my 13-year-old. If Lucy's hungry, she can still maintain cognitive function and she can, she'll she can still show up um, and, and she can execute and she can just plow through some hunger. Now in contrast, my 11-year-old Ellie, when she gets hungry, then she starts to get um, really cranky. Her sugars drop. And what's interesting about that is she would come home from school and we would learn how to anticipate <laughs> this fatigue. <laughs> and, and a lot of times it wasn't just, it was, she was hangry. She was hungry and she was tired. And so um, she became hangry, hungry and angry. But once we understood that Ellie was hungry 
it left that like was hungry, but also tired. And we got the wrath of that. It was like, oh, we got to feed you. Like we got to make sure that you're, so we make sure that there was a, a proper snack for her upon return home from school so that she could get her sugars up. And then we knew that she needed time to decompress from school. So that's an example of how being tired and hungry can really be a challenging emotional, tr- uh, an emotion that triggers a response that she just didn't want. And the truth is, <laughs> I didn't want it either. <laughs> so these are all human emotions that are normal, all of them. And if we ever get into a situation where uh, we have behavior that we know is unbecoming of, of who we really are and who we want to be, then I've learned this, that success and struggle leave clues. Success and struggle leave clues. And the clues oftentimes in these situations with these really strong emotions have patterns. They totally have patterns. I used to travel a ton in a life before this. I'd spend three months of every year in Scandinavia and in the Baltics. And when I was... It wasn't that I was alone, it was that I was lonely, and I was fatigued, and I was jet-lagged when I would travel to, uh, to Europe. And that presented its own challenges because I didn't realize how lonely I became, and I didn't understand how that affected me. So it's important that we understand the patterns that struggle represents. I'll also say this, emotional triggers, um, these emotions that trigger behavior in us that we don't want, everybody has those. Everybody has those. It's like, again, like I referenced at the very beginning of the episode, driving on the freeway can be really, really anxiety-ridden for some people, and therefore, they can get frustrated, they can get angry, they can exhibit road rage or some variation of that, or their their level of road rage as as it is for them there's all kinds of, <laughs> there's all kinds of scenarios um when i when when my girls were really young <laughs> when they both cried while driving in the car oh man <laughs> that was that was, re- that was a really hard situation in which i was overloaded overstimulated and overwhelmed and I had to understand that when I got in the car with the littles, I had to prepare myself. It was up to me to manage my own emotions and to get through those. So some simple deep breathing for a few minutes would be um, a standard thing that I would try anyways <laughs> to, to, to do in those moments. Taking a step back and looking at the situation dispassionately was also something that would help, or listening to music that would just soothe me. I realize, and and you know that could be calm uh, movie scores that are just that are just soothing to me. I've learned that with each of my situational triggers, I can anticipate and I can look ahead when those things show up. And because oftentimes they're the same. Like again, if I if I am not getting sufficient sleep, I know I'm going to have a day that I'm susceptible to having behavior that's unwanted because that emotion triggers that unwanted behavior. So if we can understand ourselves enough to know 
what are my emotions that trigger behavior that's that, that I don't want, that's unbecoming of who I want to be, then we can really learn how to be the master and commander of our own ship. And that's why these emotions are so important. So if you so so the real idea behind this and the real objective here is to say, I have to know myself enough to know where the chinks in my armor are. And if I am aware of those day to day, when I'm out and about, I can take measures to mitigate those situations if possible. And if I can't mitigate those situations, then I can take extra measures to be mindful of those situations so that I can do what's necessary to get through them. Uh, and not just get through them, but get through them in a successful way that will, <laughs> that will limit collateral damage through the, through the experiences that I had. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, my, uh, my girls, I had mentioned earlier, um, you know, when they were in the car and they were little and they would scream and they would fight or whatever, <laughs> that was really tough. But now another one is, is when they fight with each other. That really, I mean, I, I just, I give into that uh, emotion that they have in that exchange because I'm uncomfortable with them fighting and arguing, but I'm, but I'm really, really uncomfortable to the point of allowing that to dictate how I act, how I react. And so I've got to make sure for me that I understand exactly the scenarios that I'm going to be in. So for example, if my girls... If I know they didn't get sufficient sleep, then I know the next day it's like I've got to be extra mindful of giving them time to relax, to decompress. And if I can do that and I can help them see how at certain times they're going to need to just decompress, be by themselves, maybe lay down and take a nap or just read a book or something, then that can help mitigate the collateral damage in relationships that I have with the girls. So again, my hope today is that you will walk away from this saying, okay, what are the emotions historically that set me off? And what are the situations that those typically show up? And with whom and where? Oftentimes it can be environment or it can be people or it can be some combination of both. And if I know that those things show up in patterns, then how can I in future prepare myself and be ready when they'll show up again so that I can minimize collateral damage. This kind, of, uh, this kind of evaluation is really, really important. Again, it's just like we have these emotional weak points and that doesn't mean that anybody's right or wrong for having them. We're not judging that. We're just saying, I'm just saying, I've got to know myself enough to know when behavior is unbecoming for me and the only thing I can do in those moments is try to manage what I'm feeling, and I do that by understanding myself enough to identify the, um, the patterns that exist with my emotional triggers. So take a minute, take five minutes, take a day, and determine which emotions are the ones that really bring strong uh, behavior, emotionally charged behavior that's in becoming. And if you can know that, and you can evaluate how intensely day to day you felt those, then that gives you some that that, that can that give you some idea of how you're doing day to day. That can give you some notion 
as to what kind of course corrections you can make or what kind of things you can be aware of so that if that is uh, that situation's faced again, then you can successfully navigate through that. Day to day, I account for my emotional triggers and some days they're going to be more intense than others. And those are the moments when I have to be on point and I have to be aware and I don't do it. It's not a light switch that I just flip on. <laughs> I have to, I really have to evaluate those day to day. But as I do that, the day-to-day evaluation of, of, of those emotional triggers, those emotions that trigger unwanted behavior, I can think of those things more in real time because I've spent time retrospectively looking back at my day over a long period of time to say, how did I do today with fatigue? How did I do with stress? How did I do with discord with my girls? And some days... They'll be, and even if I rank them on a scale of one to 10, which I recommend everybody doing, if you can just give that a number and not judge it, but just say, this is what it was, then we have some data that we can work against in understanding day to day how intensely those things work. Because there'll be some seasons in life where stress will be greater in, for example, a professional standpoint, or there might be a season of life where being a parent is particularly challenging. But if I know how intense day-to-day that that is, then I'm all the more prepared to handle emotions that trigger behavior that's unbecoming. Glad that you're here. That's emotional triggers. Appreciate you being a part of this. And if there's any part, if there's any you know, element of, the, of this episode that you found helpful, please share it and let people know that there is such a thing as an emotional trigger. They're not right or wrong. They're not good or bad. But... It's just knowing ourselves enough and evaluating ourselves consistently to make sure that we can show up in the way that we want to. Thanks for being here, guys. It was so good having you. Really glad you're here. Please share this episode if anything spoke to you. And if you like what you heard, subscribe. Love to hear from you.